Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Talking about chicken a la king. Mango and garbanzo tabbouleh. Real potatoes and vegetables with roasted garlic and basil. Zucchini ziti. Granola fruit bar. Look at all this beautiful food. Guys, welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, where I interview amazing people with amazing minds, but all I care about is what is in their fridge. Today's guest is a hilarious comedian and actor. You might know him from Comedy Central's Broad City, where he played the hilarious Gil, or The President's Show. And you can also hear him alongside Anthony Atamanuik on the new podcast, The Phony Collie Show. Phony and Collie Show? The Phony and Collie Show with me and Anthony Atamanik. <laughs> I think my pronunciation was way uh, <laughs> better and will probably get me canceled. Please welcome John Gemberling. John, welcome. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited thank you. to have you here. I'm excited too. I remember you telling me about this podcast cast a number of years ago i believe it was at like a comedy central party or something when they still had those and i was like i'd love to do that and you were like okay (laughs) (laughs) and it's been two or three years and here we are listen you know we it's just we had supply chain issues (laughs) all right and uh, we finally made it happen uh, which I'm very excited about. But before we get into our little passive-aggressive tit-for-tat, let's get into oh. your fridge. That was sort of passive-aggressive, right <laughs> It was a little bit. All right. Um, here is the fridge. Again, you guys can see the fridge on my Instagram, at StandUpDan. Very interesting fridge. A lot of questions, John. First of all, clear that you're, you know, you're a married man, you have child. What 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 about the fridge makes it clear that I'm single guys married. just have very understocked fridges that are in disarray across the board. Well, let me tell you, this to me at the moment you asked for a picture of my fridge, the fridge was at it's it's was at a, a waning stock. Mm. You know, our our fridge our refrigerator vacillates as I'm sure many people's do, between, you know, sort of getting a little empty and then being full. So my wife uh, loves, I don't know if she loves it, but she goes to grocery shop a lot at Trader Joe's. I was going to say, every single thing here is Trader Joe's. Right. We love Trader Joe's. And she tries to, she goes like, I'm not going to get anything for a week. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shop today and then that'll be it for the week. And I'm like, okay. But we have... You know, we go through a lot of groceries, so she almost never makes it, you know. So this is at, at a bit of a, a nadir here before, like, the big full restock. Interesting. Well, I'm glad that I got it at the nadir because there are some things here that, first of all, okay, there's two peppers here. There are two there's peppers, two peppers yes. that are on a shelf. One is a... And they're not in the crisper. They're just on a shelf. One of them is half half opened it doesn't even look like it was you used a knife to cut it it looks like you fucking ate it like an apple okay and took one bite out of it and put it back on a shelf so one year about a year ago um our children needed pets and so we uh were originally going to get some tortoise thing and then we found out it lives 80 years and grows to be the size of a you know, wheelbarrow and has to live in like a pit in the yard and stuff. So we nixed that and we settled on guinea pigs uh, that we adopted 
You have to adopt two of them. So we we adopted these guinea pigs, and they require. I've said this on uh, my podcast before, the Phony and Collie Show, no, on all things comedy. You can't promote the show until Monday. after. No, not until um, after our episode. That the guinea pigs require a variety of food. In other words, if you give them just like lettuce, like just romaine, they'll stop eating it. If you give them just pepper, they'll like eat it for a few days and then they'll stop. You have to give them a variety. So every day we give them like some cucumber, some pepper, some uh, lettuce, some parsley. You have to give them a like full salad every time. Otherwise, they get sort of pissy about it. Um, so what you see as, well, there's a couple things going on. So that green pepper... Every morning, and my wife and I... Wait, what a finicky animal. What a finicky, yeah. stupid animal. Totally. Like, it would, it would starve to death rather than eat the same thing. It's a guinea... Like, know your place in the pecking order. You're not, like, the coolest animal. I don't think it would starve to death, but they are... I mean, you also have to have Timothy Hay and pellets in there at all times. They're eating... They're eating and sort of snuggling at all times. That's all they do. Are you regretting not getting the tortoise? I'm regretting doing anything. <laughs> Honestly, I don't want the tortoise, but guinea pigs is, is a lot of work. So, and my wife, my wife and I had a talk, Andrea, you know, Andrea. Yeah, of course. We had a talk like a couple weeks ago because we were getting too, like we were actually scaring our older son by how much we were being like, we hate these fucking guinea pigs. We got to get rid of them. Like, like we're not going to, like, we might get rid of these. We were, like, starting to get to the frustration point where we were threatening to get rid of the children's pets. And they were like, what? What? And we were like, okay, we got to stop. We got to stop this. <laughs> so, no, nobody took a bite of that pepper. What that is, is every morning and night being like, oh, fuck, like, uh, I got to do this like waste of time of getting the guinea pigs like full salad together. So let me grab the cucumber and like slice it up. Let me grab this pepper and just literally like poke my thumbs into it and tear it apart, tear pieces off to put on the plate and then grab a handful of salad and then just throw it all back in there. Like it would kill me. The reason that's not in the crisper is because it would kill me to have to open the crisper every time to get that out and waste more of my time and energy feeding these fucking guinea pigs. I just want it on the shelf where I can grab it, tear pieces off, and put it back. And the orange pepper, for some reason, Andrea has deemed those more valuable peppers that the humans like, and so... I've been instructed to only use the green pepper for the guinea pigs and the orange pepper occupies some favored position in the fridge uh, and it's sitting on the shelf there too. Wow. I actually don't know the differences between peppers that much. Like I don't have like a, oh, I hate the red ones are so much better than the green one. They're all kind of taste the same to me. They are exactly the same. She does the same thing. I I, I didn't show you inside the drawer, the crisper drawer, that little drawer there. We have multicolored carrots that also all taste the same, but she doesn't want the guinea pigs to be fed the orange carrots because she thinks those are the best carrots. I will tell you, in the event that one night you lose it, which it seems like you might, and you kill the guinea pigs, uh-huh. it's a delicacy in Peru. In Peru, they they grill them. It's called cuy, and it's very delicious. It tastes like a... You've like had a it? Very yeah, it's like a very moist pork kind of. Yeah, we we we've considered. My cousin is married to an Ecuadorian man, and his side of the family is very always sort of like scoffs at the idea that like we have guinea pigs as pets. Basically, like you should just be eating them, breeding them, and eating them. <laughs> you. It seems like you have. Look, I love Trader Joe's more than the next guy, but you have a couple of Trader Joe's products here that I feel like you shouldn't get the Trader Joe version. Tell me. Right over here, you've got Trader Joe's soy sauce. Uh huh. And you've got the Trader Joe's Sriracha. Is that a Trader Joe's brand Sriracha? Yes, it is. What, I mean, I don't think what, it's called Sriracha. It's called like Trader Joe's Red Thai Hot Sauce. I think that, that rhymes Sriracha. With, no, it's not because it's got that the wings on it. This wing thing is the Trader Joe's. Don't try to fucking push your fake Sriracha on me. Um, why should we be getting it? You think we should make multiple grocery store trips? <sighs> 
I mean, okay, I'm saying that as a complete hypocrite because I do have Trader Joe's soy sauce in my fridge right now. What's worse about it? Is it more expensive? What? What's no, the deal? it's not even. It's just not like the OG Kikoman or the actual sriracha. Like these brands are the ones that are famous for this. And some things I just feel like the even though the Trader Joe's one might have better ingredients, like it just doesn't have the same the same flavor combo to make it that iconic thing. And I think with sriracha, fake srirachas, you can always tell it's not like, it's not a real sriracha. Well, I'll look into the sriracha. I wasn't aware that that was off-brand sriracha. The soy sauce, I don't even, I think we just use it for like salad dressing and flavorings. I mean, we're not like rolling <laughs> is, sushi or anything. Is the soy sauce for when the guinea pigs want to have a, an omakase <laughs> when they're tired of the salad? Yeah, when the guinea pigs, for the guinea pigs fucking gyoza. <laughs> You have two different kinds of almond milks here. I this was one hoping here, you'd know that one there. What is happening? There's a bl- there's a light blue one. There's a purple one. <laughs> We've been. Uh, I I uh, am trying to lose weight. I was gonna say you look svelter. I gotta tell you, I've lost about fifty pounds since Holy January. Holy shit! I'm in the one sixties now. Wow. Under two hundred pounds for the first time in my adult life. That's nuts. You do look very svelte. Thank you. Does everyone ask you, do you think it takes away from your comedy now that you've lost the weight? No, but I, I was I have been concerned about I mean, like I had a talk with my manager, like our cat like I'm getting you're sending me auditions. Like I literally get auditions for like this man is a gigantic man. He's huge. He's like seven feet tall and enormous. And I'm like, uh first of all, like I'm not tall and also like I don't know. So I don't want, uh, you know, I was like, how do we, I don't want to be like disappointing casting directors every time that they get a tape. Hey guys, sorry. I was concerned about my health. Uh, so yeah, I'm sorry. It's not going to fit the role of fat slovenly neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I hope, I hope that, um, I don't know. I land in some, uh, adjusted archetype. I mean, I've never thought that you were funny because of your weight. I think you're just hilarious as is, as is, regardless of your body. Thank you, Dan. Um, So, well, let me let me finish telling you here. I was I I was I was stopping dairy because I drank, you know, I was like eating cereal late at night and also like. In my coffee, I would have coffee with like half and half, and then I did like oat milk, but oat milk has a lot of sugar in it. So, oh, don't tell me that. Is that true? Because I use oat milk thinking that it's like totally, I'm like Mr. Health guy. Just look at the sugar. Is there a lot of sugar in it? I mean, it's sweet, right? It tastes sweet like milk tastes sweet. It's not like sweet, sweet. Milk's not that sweet. I would look, the almond milk has no sugar or very okay. little. The oat milk has has some sugar. If you drink a lot of it, it's, it's sugar. Don't sugar shame me, first of all, okay? Oh, milk has a lot of sugar, too? Don't sugar shame me. All right. So the almond milk, I, I have it in my coffee, but I like the unsweetened vanilla because it has that little thing. Andrea doesn't want to serve that for some reason. She wants just the unsweetened regular. I think she's afraid, even of the vanilla, that there might be some secret I, I don't know. Or she doesn't like the taste or something. She doesn't drink any of it, really. But she gives the kids cereal with the normal almond milk, and I use the purple unsweetened vanilla for uh, for coffee. Interesting. Got it. And then there's still heavy cream right next to it, though. I see heavy cream there. That's whipping cream that she uses, like, for, like, sometimes she makes, like, whipped cream. or She's been baking a lot less, but... Sometimes she makes like a date cake and she like makes whipped cream with it. And for the guinea pigs, of course. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you want a bananas foster. <laughs> I love, how, how long do you spend analyzing these photos before the oh, podcast? Oh, it's going to be a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like, gonna... like leading up to the podcast, how long? Like... Oh, oh, um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll spend a couple minutes on it. I zero in on things. Everyone's got the Kerrygold. That's like a standard thing that you're seeing these days. Although you have Kerrygold on the top and then you've got like the... The ghetto butter on the bottom over there. I don't know quite why that's the case, except maybe I think when Andrea makes eggs or something, she's loath to use the Kerrygold as a right. as a pan lubricant, and maybe uses this lesser butter. There's a lot of there's a lot of like judgment calls, you know. A lot of sort of arbitrary, like, one thing's better than another. Yeah. And also, I never want to hear the words pan lubricant ever again. 
<laughs> if that's okay. <laughs> you know, I'm a pan lubricant. <laughs> I'm pan lubricant as well. So speaking of eggs, your eggs here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You've got two dozen eggs, one on top of the other in the carton. One carton, the one below is just a carton. And the one above it has sharpied like in a real like kind of austere font. Like a real angry, like <laughs> like like you're writing it on a tile of a bathroom, <laughs> hard boiled. It is a vulgar hard boiled. <laughs> um, that is uh, atypical for the fridge. That's a that's a one off uh, event that you're seeing. It's because okay. <laughs> last week we went to Yosemite. We traveled to Yosemite. Okay, and in our Andrea especially likes to, you know, spend as little money on food as she she. Uh, I mean, we both don't like to spend, you know, a ton of money if we can help it. But like, whenever we she she loves going on trips and loves planning trips, but doesn't like the idea of you know being gouged for food and eating unhealthy food for every meal. So she prepared almost an entire carton of hard boiled eggs to serve as possible snacks, breakfasts, and lunches uh, for our trip traveling to and languishing in Yosemite. Okay. They did not all get consumed during the trip, so they were brought back and put into the fridge and will be consumed slowly (laughs) (laughs) until they're gone. Oh, man. But we don't usually pre-hard-boil dozens of eggs. And she scrawled hard-boiled on it in Sharpie. I mean, the scrawling is really aggressive. Have you ever wondered why bell peppers come in different colors? Or even stranger, why green, red, orange, and yellow bell peppers don't cost the same? Do they even taste any different, or is it all a scam? Well, bell peppers actually come from the same exact plant, but the main reason they have different colors and tastes has to do with when they're picked. All bell peppers start out green and change color as they ripen. Green peppers become yellow, then orange, and finally red. And the longer a bell pepper stays on the vine, the sweeter they become, and also more nutritious. So for a more peppery taste, reach for the red. But for a more mild flavor, try the orange, or if you want a pepper, with a longer shelf life, grab the green. So, now you know. But be careful. If you eat too many peppers, you might just get a bell ache. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You have a row, a, a shelf devoted to hot dogs here. You have a hot dog shelf. <laughs> just hot dogs. You have very weird devotions to the shelves. Like, I feel like one shelf is the pepper shelf, one is the hot dog shelf. Like, there's got to be a better way. So, we, uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can, I, uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, the, the hot dogs. Are I think from Costco. It's a it's like a huge raft of hot dogs. Yeah. And Andrea bought it. It may even date as far back as you know. We made several like large Costco purchases. You know, at the beginning and middle of the pandemic, when we were yeah. like, maybe food will run out. Right. So those hot dogs were bought as bulk purchases. Yeah. Andrea again has. It likes to serve either like chicken apple sausages or like a sort of healthier brand of hot dog and has contempt for that, <laughs> for those hot dogs. Oh, because those are like the nitrite, like last resort hot dogs. I think dogs. those are probably still like organic. I, I don't know. I think they're probably fine, but she again has deemed them like. Unfit I see the word heritage. I see heritage. 
heritage farm. If it has if it has the word heritage in it, you know it's like that's organic. They're happy. They're happy pigs. Yeah, it's a They're, legacy of, of it's a legacy of happy pigs. So yeah, those those were those. I guess are just in case. I don't know if those will ever be opened and consumed because we don't like them. We 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 bought them. We have them there, but we we view them. As it's just suspect. taking up space. It's it's taking up space. It's I understand, and you space. can't and you can't throw it out because you don't want to waste food. I have a couple things like that in yeah. my. I have some sausage things like that too. So I'm not shaming you for that. You have the Ezekiel bread here, which I'm always suspicious about the Ezekiel bread because I feel like they're using the Bible to try to kind of give this sense of like this is how bread was supposed to be made. Like this is ancient grains, right? And I think it's probably bullshit. Is Ezekiel like, a brand or is it the type of bread? No, it's a brand of bread called Ezekiel. And it has like the four colon nine thing. Like it's actually uh, like it's a fucking page from the Bible. I don't well, like it. We're very devout. <laughs> <laughs> Ezekiel. Well, look, next to the Ezekiel bread, though, you have the Trader Joe's European style bread, which I actually love. Uh, what is, is that the thin pieces? Yeah, it's thin and it's and it's it's basically like... It's a super dense yeah. rye bread that yeah. like it's like a German rye bread basically, which the way they make it is like it's like more nuts than it is bread. Yeah. It's like really nutty. The Ezekiel bread I think is just healthy. I mean, you eat it like we uh, Yeah, you think that cuz it's got the bible. Stuff. No, cuz it's got the bible's name in it, you think it's Isn't healthy. Isn't it sprout? Isn't it something with like What does that mean? Tell me what that means. All I know is it tastes it doesn't taste like anything. It it feels like styrofoam and sort of like, you know, it's it feels unsubstantial, so I I think it's healthy. It it's a placeholder for bread. I think they're appropriating the Bible. Well, that's what the Bible's for. It's it's for appropriation, reinterpretation and the reinforcing of power systems and the selling of goods. That's what it's for. That's true, actually. <laughs> it's not for anything else. <laughs> uh, so what is your relationship to restaurants? Are you a big restaurant guy? Did we ever go out to eat? Have we ever been to a restaurant together? We did. We went to Moza, you, me, and Paul. That's right. Remember our trip to Moza? With Paul Rust, mm-hmm. friend of the pod. That was very fun. Oh, he's been on? He was like one, He was on the first season, man. Uh-huh. We threw him on. Yeah. I was so happy to have him. Uh-huh. He was great. Yeah, I'll bet. He was he's a real hilarious. like, awesome guest. Yeah. Just a good guy. Yep. Great to have him. Mm-hmm. Really great to have him. I don't know if we've gone out other than that. Wait, are you like all healthy now and you don't go out to restaurants since you're you're in weight loss mode? I can't even remember like pre-pandemic. I feel like we would go out to restaurants sometimes, you know, but you have to get a babysitter. So I, I don't, it's not something that I, I think I miss that much. Yeah. Also because my my thing is basically like getting high getting, you know, ordering like an entire pizza or like a double quarter pounder with cheese and 20 nuggets and like, you know, nobody sees, nobody ever knows. I've like, you know, ordered it when everybody's out of town or I'm out of town or I like sneak out to get it and I like get high and, you know, just do it all in like a... So kind of like shameful. You like shameful eating. Your eating needs to have shame to it. You need yes. to feel like you're doing something surreptitiously. Yeah. I need to feel like the food is like squeezing my balls and calling me a pig and slapping me around and shit and stomping on my dick. Um, it's, uh, and, and, and so like restaurants are great, uh, but it's not like, it's not where I go for like full food release. Interesting. But I don't know. I don't, so I don't know that I've missed going to restaurants that much. I mean, we have gone to some and we go to like Charlie's uh, at the Grove at the farmer's market there. Wait, I, I don't really care about your restaurant relationship anymore. Oh, okay. I want to hear more about this like prostitution food situation, the S&M food situation. I think it's just, well, so I, I don't, I, I'm not smoking weed as much anymore or like eating like that, you know. I think I might give myself maybe like a little treat night over the holidays, but 
you know, if I do it, it's going to be more, you know, uh, conscious, conscientious. Is there an epic, like, worst one that you remember that was just, like, the most, (laughs) like, you just went too far? Going too far is, like, standard, you know? Like, my Andrea went out of town for three months at the beginning of this year, and I was, like you know, taking care of the kids by myself and getting to the weekend and being like, all right, good job. Like, it's time to fucking go. And, um, you know, you get like Chinese food. The thing with Chinese food is like, ooh, I want that. And I like, I want to taste that. I want some of that. And before you know it, you've got like three entrees and dumplings and like, you know. Gyoza and... Yeah. Shumai. Shumai. Um, Yeah, I think gyoza is Japanese, actually. I'm going to get dinged for that. (laughs) And you're like, "I I won't eat this all. You know, I, I won't eat an entire thing of General Tso's <laughs> chicken, like, and the fried rice. You know, y- y- you want the fried rice, they serve it as an entree. You know, you think of rice as, like, it's on the side, and then you're like, this fried rice is eleven ninety five. Like, they're thinking this is, like, somebody's meal, but that's yeah. not my meal. That's, like, part no. of my meal. And you, like, eat, you get, like, halfway through, and that's great. And you're like, ooh, I better, like, stop. And then you, like, sit back and watch TV for a little bit. And then you're like, oh, I could do a little more. And then you lean back in, and you're eating and eating. And you're, like, your child, my, like, child happy brain is like, yeah, you're doing what you were made to do to be happy. Right. And then my adult, like, 40-year-old brain is like, I'm terrified. I don't know what, you know, how does this end? Like, h- how does this end for you e- eating like this? You know, like you're going to be diabetic. You're going to be, you know, uh, high cholesterol, heart problems. Like, uh, like this was fun when you were like 22, like, and the future was wide open, but like, this is frightening now. So you're in a sort of like, you know, dizzying you know, storm of emotions, like fear and excitement and happiness, you know, it must be like what like free solo feels when he's like <laughs> summiting El Capitan. Uh, it's exactly like <laughs> that. He's like, am I going to die? Am I going to live? Like I'm doing what I was born to do, you know? Um, and you're just like, yeah, you're, you're intoxicated. Um, <laughs> and there's something weirdly like meditative, I guess, also, when you're by yourself, it's like the bad kind of meditative. It's not like the right. pure, like, ascetic, you know, introspective thing. It's like the everything else, any other anxieties or worries or anything else that's not good in life is sort of drowned out by the drumbeat of your own, like, chewing and swallowing and, you know... <laughs> just excess <laughs> yeah well it's wonderfully numbing it can be wonderfully numbing yeah. i mean if you're going through some shit and you order a lot and it's funny because when i when i'm in those modes i also get chinese food yeah i get That's i get this, there's this place tasty noodle house mm-hmm. which is fucking amazing in la and they have this hunan lamb i'll get the hunan lamb mm. and i will just put it on top of rice and i will it's enough for four people and i'll just sit there and just turn on Shark Tank. Shark Tank. And just keep, Shark Tank. Yes. I would watch yes. Shark Tank. I couldn't watch any... For for um, the majority of the pandemic, I couldn't watch anything except Shark Tank. And I don't even like Why? Shark Tank that much. I just couldn't... I, I didn't feel like my brain could like engage with uh, an actually like stimulating TV experience. It's the best... Like I feel like Shark Tank is like, like how... This is going to sound somewhat sexist, but like how women have like reality TV, like like Real Housewives stuff. I think guys have Shark Tank. That's like you just put it on in the background. Yeah. You just go in and out. Like I love Shark Tank and I just I can sit through like hours and hours of it. And I yes, I, that I will get into my meditative eating state with that for sure. Yeah. Just watch other people be like pathetic and grasping and like get torn groveling. apart. Yeah. Just groveling. <laughs> To sell their garbage. <laughs> yeah. and it's So good. The hard thing to grapple with, too, is like a lot of what was gratifying about it was the lead up to it. You know, the idea of like telling myself I'm going to eat a fun meal 
on Friday in two days. You know, I'm going to order it. Mm. What am I going to order? Mm. Ooh, I'm scrolling on the website. And the closer it gets to actually pulling the trigger and eating it, it's not as fun as it was when it was a fantasy. And I'm almost like too excited about it and like sort of like mm. fritzing out a little bit. And then by the time you're it all arrives, you're like unpacking it and you're like, oh, this is too much. Like I've <laughs> like, what have I done? <laughs> I'll always go I'll have like a little amnesia afterwards too. Like cause again, I'll be drunk or whatever. And then like I'll pass out and I wake up and it's almost I don't know <laughs> You know, like when someone in your someone close to your family dies, and you wake oh, up yeah. and people in my family are you always freak. die. <laughs> you know when all those people in your family died in that fire. <laughs> it's like no, or or if you're going through a breakup and you wake up in the morning and like for that split second you forget that you're going through something yeah. awful and like you're like and then it hits you and you're like oh yeah. yeah that's how I feel after those meals. Like I wake up in the morning and I feel great and then like I burp up uh, like a little bit of like like fiery like Szechuan chili oil yeah. <laughs> and I'm like oh yeah. yeah oh no and there's like a gallon of diarrhea in your intestine that like okay. can't come out because okay. it's like somehow you've Done. kinked your intestine in a way where it's like folded okay. over and like you you know it's in there but you can't wow. push it out and then when wow. it comes out your asshole's just like singing and raw and you feel your heart food podcast foodies like to listen to this to really just let go and 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 savor the foods that we talk about. They don't want to hear about intestines that are folded you over. You know you've because... had spicy diarrhea when you can feel your own heartbeat in your asshole. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had that? Your asshole's so raw that you're like, oh, that's my heartbeat down there. <laughs> that's my pulse. <laughs> oh, my God. I will not engage. I will not engage in this... Smut. All right, all right. We found you wanted to hear about the ball strangling uh, pig that I talk, <laughs> but that was a we're drawing the border. You know the the poop talk for me. That's where that's where really that's, I can't go. All there. right, yeah. All right, yeah. Mr. Fancy Pants. <laughs> <laughs> Fancy clean pants. I wish I wish my fridge picks had like a gallon of shit in a bucket, <laughs> <laughs> the crisper. <laughs> Hey John, what's that gallon of shit doing in the fridge? You labeled it. There's a you, there's a piece of masking tape and you sharpied gallon of shit. What exactly is that for? That's the uh Andrea doesn't like that shit. That's the low quality shit. Um you got that during the pandemic from Costco. Yeah. Um my mom stays. We have a little like bed in the garage back house and when my mom comes and stays we don't have a bathroom back there. Most guests who stay here just come into the house to go to the bathroom. She doesn't like to do that. She So she brings like Tupperware, not Tupperware, takeout tubs, like plastic, like that you'd get like uh, soup in or curry or something. And she urinates in those. No, this is not true. Yes. Like brings has has like a roll of toilet paper out there, and then every morning comes in with these. I swear to God, it looks just like egg drop soup because it's like yellow, and then there's like toilet paper sort of dissolving in it. And she comes in and dumps them out gonna... and like cleans them out every day. <laughs> oh my god, I gotta vomit! Wait, that's that's the most awful thing. I've... She squats on, into a like a quart. One of those, yeah. the soup takeout things. Yeah. I don't know what position she's in, but she must have it down because I never see piss on the floor. That to her is is more preferable than walking ten feet to she the bathroom. She doesn't want to walk. Yeah, she doesn't want to walk in the house at night. <laughs> Why don't you just pee on the floor? But I'm sorry, I got news for you. Like, good thing you live in the 21st century because you know, prior to. Prior to the 20th century, it was chamber pots and, you know, outhouses all day long. Yeah, but we're not living in that time anymore. We'll see. Mrs. Gemberling. We'll see. <laughs> Speaking of your mom, mm. we're going to get to a bunch of questions that I ask uh, all of my guests on the podcast, starting with what is your earliest food memory? Was your mom taking a dump outside in the front yard and you were, you know, eating your cereal? And So my earliest food, yeah, I was eating 
my mom's shit in the front yard. I said cereal. I said she was taking a shit and you were eating cereal. <laughs> don't don't <laughs> mix my... It's the most we've talked about shit in the whole season. Really? I'm so surprised. You don't connect the, the beginning to the end. The alpha to no, the omega. Just, this is just about the alpha. <laughs> I remember having a bottle... I was probably too old to have a bottle, but I guess in those days they just kept like giving you a bottle. But my mom would put in the bottle, I don't, I guess to like make me feel better or what, I mean, I was a toddler, I wasn't a baby, I was like a toddler, but she would put a non-alcoholic pina colada mix in my bottle so that, and I loved it. So like, I mean, talk about like going to food as like, I mean, like, so my baseline for food is like, mommy gives me the most delicious thing in unlimited quantities. And that's my like baseline of how I should feel is like, wow, is full of a delicious food at all times. Just the most artificial sugary. And I loved it. (laughs) Just drinking pina colada. I mean, like you're a kid, you're like three or four years old you have no cares in the world and what's in your bottle it's pina colada it's like pineapple and coconut and sugar ah it was the best you must have been (laughs) you were like the cool kid on the playground sipping pina coladas oh you guys have formula i have a this is this is how it went with food i have a memory of like we stopped at dunkin donuts on our way home and we were going to have donuts. And my mom goes, when we got home, my mom goes, you can have a donut, but you have to eat something healthy before the donut. And what she gave me to eat was a slice of Kraft American cheese. I was like, yeah, I'll eat a slice of cheese, of American cheese before I eat a donut. Like, it was the biggest scam. I was like, this is the healthy thing I have to eat before the donut? Yeah. I'll eat a fucking piece of cheese. Wait, I need to have your mom. I need to have your mom on this podcast. Oh, she'd love to be on. What are her... Wait, so what... Where did you grow up? What was the parenting like? Food was just not a thing, huh? Well, it it, it, it was not it wasn't. I grew up on in Manhattan on the Upper West Side. I did not see that coming. I thought you were going to be like, it was a trailer park. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, I grew up in Woody Allen's Manhattan. <laughs> It was a small apartment, <laughs> but uh, I was next to the Metropolitan Opera. My mom and dad were—it was like two very different experiences. Like she was the one who was like comfort through food, you know. It was like ordering out and fun food and all that shit. And my dad cooked more, um, and his stuff was oftentimes sort of like fanciful like he liked to cook like venison and like wow different shit that was like fine but it wasn't like fun right but yeah she was she was my comfort mommy i love it so next question you're on death row this is why you're on death row you made a beef bourguignon you worked your ass off to make this wonderful complicated dish for the guinea pig and the guinea pig scoffed at it and you fucking killed the guinea pig and for some strange reason they put you on death row for killing a guinea pig what is your death row meal going to be is this backstory supposed to have bearing on how i choose the meal no not at all that's just (laughs) me trying to improvise a way from listening and taking in the episode's contents of why you would be on death row. Um, do I get, is it like, can I order from multiple places or do I have to pick like... You can order from wherever you want on this death row, on this guinea pig prison. I'm a variety guy. Like if people are like, oh, let's go to a steakhouse. I'm like, eh, I don't love steak. It's just like one big thing on the plate. And then like maybe you're going to get like cream spinach or something on the side. Like... So I like variety, so I would probably go for some combination of like Chinese food, like a General Tso's or a sweet and sour chicken with the sweet and sour sauce on the side, obviously, because it gets too soggy if it's just served with the sauce. Right. I would probably get a burger. Where? What kind of burger? From where? Smash burger or a thick patty? What's a smash burger? Like a thin patty burger 
like the thin, like an In-N-Out style burger. Oh, or like a thick one that can be cooked thick like medium patty, rare. thick patty, thick patty. Yeah, with probably some like fried onions and maybe bacon. Like I like the idea of bacon, but then I'm like, eh, it's just providing sort of a salt to this thing. Agreed. I'm I I'm the same exact way. I like the idea of bacon on a burger, but in practice, yeah. it's just a little much. Yeah, and um. Maybe probably like ribs, like barbecued ribs. And then you got the option of dredging the burger in the barbecue sauce. Mm. You know, you can have it without the barbecue sauce or you can dredge it, which is what I do when I order Domino's is I get the barbecue wings and then you can dredge the pizza through the barbecue sauce (laughs) if you want to. I'm actually a huge barbecue sauce nut as well. And one of my favorite burgers in L.A. is that Honor Bar. And I think you'd love it. It's it's a very thick patty, but mm-hmm. they use barbecue sauce as like the main condiment in the mm. burger. It's amazing. I love a barbecue burger. So yeah, it would probably be some big crazy like combo of like ribs, burger, and Chinese food. We've talked a lot about sort of low end food. What's the best high end meal that you've ever had? I would have to say I do love low end. F- I mean, I do gravitate towards low end food, but we. Went to New Orleans. Have you ever been to New Orleans? Yes. The Windy City. The Windy City. Mm-hmm. There's a place called Mr. B's. There's two places that we ate. Commander's Palace, which was like very fancy. Very fancy old school. Very fancy old school where I I got the quail. The waiter was a man named Argyle who had like a waxed curled mustache <laughs> And like, I went to the bathroom and I came back and my napkin was like folded over the back of my chair. Um, That was really good. I got the quail because it was a special and he, I asked about the quail. I said, how's the quail? And Argyle goes, oh, sir, it's almost indecently moist. And I was like, I'll have that, Argyle. Um, That was a really good meal, but... Wait, was it indecently moist? It was a moist quail. Yeah. Mm. But Mr. B's, which is like a bar restaurant, a lot of those restaurants are like, what is it, Brentano's, Brentano's or something? It's like there's a restaurant owner that like runs a lot of those places in New Orleans. Mr. B's, which was like sort of their like still high end, but like lower end like bar restaurant thing. Mm. There was a fried oysters on the i don't like oysters usually but they had a fried oysters on the half shell with hollandaise on it Ooh. which was incredible wow they have a like barbecue shrimp like soup thing and then they had a pork chop which was about the size of a baseball it was like thick as a baseball mm. and usually if you get like a steak or a pork chop if it's flavored on the outside that's great. And then it starts losing its flavor as you get into the center of the piece, right? It mm-hmm. starts to become dry and a little flavorless. This baseball-sized pork chop was, like, moist and flavorful all the fucking way through. It was like a spare rib, like, from... It wasn't Chinese-flavored, but it had the sort of consistency and flavoring of, like, a spare rib you'd get at a Chinese restaurant. Right. Like, all the way through the fucking thing. I wonder. They must have brined it. They probably brined it in that flavor. That could be. Wow. That could be. It was incredible. This next question is going to be tough because uh, we have an embarrassment of uh, riches in terms of uh, answers, I imagine. But what's the best low-end meal that you've ever had? I (sighs) Just hit the spot. It could be I, anything. It could be a street taco. It can be the Domino's when you're stoned. It can be... Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I've wallowed so much in the low-end foods that, like, they... I mean, I love going... To, you talk about the Chinese place that you love. They, they're they really good. I also love really shitty Chinese food places. Like, mm. I had always... You know, when I lived in New York, there was always, like, a place, like, across the street that was yeah. just, like, a walk-in place where you just get like they also have french fries there yes and chicken wings <laughs> there you was know. a place there was a place in my in murray hill when i was living there that it was a chinese it, it was chinese and mexican food yeah yeah right <laughs> and it's just like you just get like the hot you know tin of the food and um what i love about those places too is if you would if, if you didn't look at it 
you would go, this place is filthy, it's disgusting, the linoleum tiles are peeling off the floor, it's like, you know, bargain basement meat that they hauled out of a trash can and dumped into a fryer. But if you actually, like, walk in there high, like in an observant mood, it's one of the most efficient types of operations. Like, you can watch the people who work there operating, like, the sounds of it, like the like the woks frying and the things clinking and clanking and like dishwater going off and like they move you can watch one person move from like washing out a dish all the way around like put uh put egg rolls into a fryer come to the cash register and do something else meanwhile somebody behind them takes the egg rolls out of the fryer like like it's it's like they're working in tandem, when one of those places is working, they're working like as one organism in such a way that is like sort of incredible to watch. Yeah. But I got one meal I remember that I got from one of those places that was across the house when, when I lived in Kipps Bay across the street. I got General Tso's chicken and I was eating it and there was a pretty sizable clump of hair. <laughs> Like, not a hair, like a clump, a, like, knotted, like, fist of hair in it. And I was like, oh. Like there was a struggle in the restaurant. (laughs) Yeah. Or, like, somebody, or, like, a cat. I I don't even know. But I took it out, and everybody was like, ew, that's disgusting. Like, you got to throw that away. I was like, I don't know. I really want this food. (laughs) And I just I kept eating. I ate the rest of it, but that that was disgusting. Oh my god! Wait, did you at the very least spoon off like the food that was in the environs of the hair, or not even? I mean, it's all slathered in that sauce. You know, it's like it's all touching itself through the the thick syrupy sauce. So I can't imagine, you know, I can't oh imagine it was like just like something happened in that process that like really tainted the whole thing. I mean, I can't imagine it was just one isolated thing. Hold on. This restaurant was across the street from you? It was called Profit Chinese. But you couldn't just go down and get another one and come back up? I, first of all, what are my guarantees in that? Like, oh, like, like, oh, can I have a clean plate of food from, you know, like the same system that brought me this plate like like would it make you feel better yes. you're like you're, you're a restaurant that gave me a clump of hair like can you give me more i Hold want on. more you're, of this you're you're arguing for eating the hair contaminated food rather than going down and getting a non-hair contaminated food from a place that gave you the hair contaminated. So you're just thinking that all the food's going to have hair contaminant in it, regardless of if the hair's actually in it. Is that what I'm hearing here? You got to remember, I'm like 23. I'm high. I'm lazy. I'm hungry. Like the idea of like starting up the process and like waiting another half an hour to like get back into it. It's just like unfathomable like the amount of like stress and terror i felt at the notion that i would have to like not eat this food or try to like get into some corrective uh process was was just (laughs) uh, it was i think it was too much to bear in that moment it was worse than just moving the clump okay all right i get it i'm on board this yeah i'm starting to see a pattern of very interesting answers that the Gemberling family coming passed down from your mom to you you guys have very interesting ways to deal with issues that are thrown at you like she doesn't have the bathroom there okay well the answer is to pee in plastic containers right you have a clump of hair in your thing oh well the answer is to still just take the clump out and eat it it's the same as going down and getting very interesting logic coming from the Gemberlings (laughs) thank you Do you have a favorite celebrity chef? It could be like a celebrity chef who works at a restaurant. It could be someone on TV. It could be a journalist. I I don't know about... I I guess I don't know about celebrity chefs that much, you know? Like... It could be uh, a celebrity food personality, too, like an Anthony Bourdain or something like... like I mean, I like Anthony. uh, Like, he seems like an interesting guy. I just never watched that much of that stuff. I mean, probably Guy Fieri's like... 
gonna serve me the, <laughs> the thing that's closest to like yeah, I what I feeling, would want to eat. I have a feeling that's your guy. I haven't been like drawn in by a lot of the like you know sort of uh, performative food stuff. Uh, yeah, I gotta say, you know, like I, I'm I'm like I, I either want to like be eating it or. It seems like people making a big deal out of stuff. Like whenever I see them, they're like, wow. And like, what did you do? You like got this, you put the sauce on it. Oh my God. And like your granddad came up with that sauce recipe. It's like, calm down. It's just like, and they're like in the back of some shitty kitchen, like, you know, wow, this is the best cheese steak I've ever eaten. And then like, you're there one day and you're like, oh, let me try the thing I saw on the TV show. And you're like, it's fine. You know, it seems like a lot of, Seems like they're making a big deal about... (laughs) Now might be a good time to let all the listeners know I'll be on the next episode of the Food Network's Best Thing You Ever Ate, where I do exactly what John is scoffing at. (laughs) Congrats! (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Uh, Do you have a, um, a favorite drunk food? Or have we covered those, basically? I feel like we've covered... I mean, I don't drink... Like, thankfully, drinking has not agreed with me Otherwise, I, I might be dead. But, I mean, I we think everything I that. said was like high yeah. foods, you know. Is there a food that you can't stand eating? Something that you absolutely abhor? Mm. A food that I can't stand eating. I mean, I always think of like cottage cheese. But the weird thing about cottage cheese is like, I don't know if I've ever even actually eaten cottage cheese. It's so unappealing to me to see that I don't know if I've ever, I don't have a decisive memory of ever like actually putting it in my mouth. That's very, yeah, that makes a lot of sense actually. Why? Because I feel the same way. Like I can't remember when I've eaten cottage cheese. It's the last thing in the world I'd probably eat. And when I think about cottage cheese, my memory of it is like in a diner, like behind like a punch glass. bowl of it. Yeah. yeah, like there's like a half a honeydew with a scoop of cottage cheese in the hole. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a picture of it in the menu that looks like it was taken in the 70s and like the celluloid has withered and it's like, you know, like, yeah. Also almond shit, like, uh, I like almonds, but like... You have two different kinds of almond milk in your fridge. Right. Tread lightly, tread lightly. (laughs) But if something has that sort of like almond... uh, Almond paste? Yeah, like almond paste or almond, like, like if there's a pastry or something that has like the almond aftertaste in it i i don't i don't like that we are going to diverge on this i love Mm -hmm. almond and pastries Mm -hmm. i thought we were like really bonding on the cottage cheese and then this i don't like that um like marzipan i don't i don't like particularly do you like so do you like those like the uh you know those italian cookies the tricolor ones like that look like the italian flag those are i don't think i like those that much yeah those are made with almonds yeah now, my, my favorite question, especially when I talk to comedy people, um, what, because we're all neurotic and we have strong opinions on stuff, what is your restaurant pet peeve? You can have multiple as well if you want. I mean, I, tipping in any situation always, like, gives me stress because I'm like, I don't want to, like, what do I have to, do I, you know, I don't want to do this. Am I expected to do it? I don't like it. Like, it doesn't, you know, it feels like, doesn't matter how the service is. I have to like give 20% or somebody's going to be mad at me. So I don't like having that feeling, you know, like I tip, I'm a, I'm a perfectly good tipper, but like, I don't like having that consideration. I get it. It's kind of gross. I think like if I'm in a restaurant, like too long, like sometimes you you, like eat at a, like if I eat at home, like I'm eating a meal in like 10 minutes or less. Really? Like you sit down to eat and you like, I mean, like, like if I'm doing one of the, like, fun, like, by myself meals I'm talking about, that's a more drawn-out process, you know? Right. But then I'm, like, watching TV. You light a candle. Um, yeah. You make, it a, you, make a, you make a moment of that. But when yeah. you're sitting down with your wife, you just shuffle it in in 10 seconds and get up and leave. Well, we usually, you know, like, we're, like, getting the kids doing stuff with them. So, like, they're, sometimes we're eating, like, asynchronously. Like, they're eating, and then I'm eating and helping them with their homework or whatever. You know, so the process of eating feels fairly quick. I mean, like, if you sit down and eat a meal in your house, like, how long are you eating for? If it's dinner, probably, like, a half hour. Yeah. Yeah. If you go to a restaurant, like, sometimes you go to, like, a fancy restaurant, like, a restaurant that has, like, multiple courses or whatever, you're, like, 
oh shit, like I've been here for two hours. Yeah, it's awesome, John. It's I, I've been sitting here for two hours and like it's like the seat's starting to hurt. Like you just start to like get uncomfortable. I, I, I think just like the amount of time you have to sit there and then you're like, you have to like go home. You have to like get up and be like, okay, okay, thank you. And then like walk out the door and then like walk to the car or whatever. Wait, you're just <laughs> explaining what it means to go to a restaurant. Like nothing you're saying is like, <laughs> you're like, and then they bring you the menu and then you have to pick something. It, that's exciting. To, okay, so to <laughs> me, it's exciting to arrive. It's exciting to go like, I'm, I'm happy to eat at this place. You arrive, you wait. Oh my God, when are we going to get seated? Oh God. And then, like, you sit down, you're like, ooh, what are we going to eat? What are you going to have? What are you going to have? I'm going to have this, you know? And then you order, and then you're waiting. You're like, when are they going to bring me my food? It's like, and then you get it, and then you're like, mm, can I try? Yum, yum, can I try that? And then you're like, I'm done. I'm done with this. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> I want to be home. I don't want to have to, like go through the motion of like paying the thing and like getting up and going to the bathroom and leaving and getting back home. Like I'm done. I guess that's the thing. Like by the so time you like I'm the first half of the restaurant experience, you hate the second half. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you should just get takeout. It seems like you're living the life that you want to live. You don't go out to restaurants very much. I pretty much am. Yeah. There you go. I pretty well. much am living the life I want to live. <laughs> You like restaurants, huh? Like you I can't like... get enough of it. I can't. I want to go to the bathroom multiple times. <laughs> I want to pontificate over the menu for half an hour just there. I want to chat up the servers. Why do you like it so much? Because I think it's a fun little break from life, and you you're just like it's almost like for me it's like going to like Disneyland, like it's going to Epcot Center. It's like I want to I want to be enveloped by this area and like and really uh. You know, it's again. It's it feels like you're going to Disneyland, and and every time it's like a different experience. Like it's it's literally a play is going on, right? Like everyone's like in costume and lighting, and you know, it's a uh, it's exciting to be a part of that. Now, do you get this experience going to like places that you go to regularly, or is this like are you always trying new places and stuff? No, I do it with, with both. I I I think. After after I turned forty, I think it's just like I've got like three restaurants that I go to, and that's it. I'm and not it, like it still feels like Disneyland every time. Yeah, I love it. To me, Disneyland is just me and a TV in a room, <laughs> getting stomped on your <laughs> balls my, by my some mind, Chinese food. <laughs> my balls are underfoot, and my mind is just soaring through the through the atmosphere. <laughs> I love it. John, thank you so much. Thank you. Finally. Tell me where. <laughs> tell everyone where they can find you on the socials. Oh, I'm on Twitter at Gemberlicking, Insta at Gembersucking. Um, I'm on Facebook, but, you know, I don't want to be. Um, my mother is listening. She will add you. <laughs> I uh, I guess people aren't on Facebook anymore, huh? I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah. I don't and know. I have a podcast that's at Phony Collie Show on both of those with Anthony Atamanik. It's called The Phony and Collie Show. It's on all things comedy. Releases on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, all the places you get your podcasts. New releases every Monday. It's weekly. And uh, hey, we'd love to have you as a guest on it. May oh my I God, reach I would... out and invite you to be a guest? Please, I would love nothing more. I will reach, reach all, reach all you want. Thank you, John. This has been very, very fun. Thank you, Dan. It's always wonderful to see you. You too. <laughs> This episode of Green Eggs and Dan was produced by Andrew Steven and edited by Jordan Aaron. Executive produced by Jeff Umbro and The Podglomerate. You can find more of their podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music is Beautiful Food by Idan, and the interstitial music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like this show, please tell a friend, share an episode, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's really important to us, guys. Please do it. If you want more Green Eggs and Dan action, follow me on Instagram 
and Twitter at StandUpDan. Also, we have a YouTube page where you can actually see me and my guests going through their fridge in addition to other videos. Just type in Green Eggs and Dan in YouTube. Like and subscribe, please. We need a lot of subscribers on that page. You will really enjoy it. It's a very fun element of the show. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.